0: From deep inside your audio device of choice. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the penalties of uh, watching TV news, news on um, television in this country, is that uh, thanks to the uh, ever sharper targeting of advertising, ever narrowing focus on just those people the advertisers really want to talk to you are seeing by being a TV news watcher a lot of ads for old people I'm not criticizing the ads or the old people or the TV it just sits there but it um, sometimes just almost drives me into uh, Alex Jones territory you know conspiracy thinking he's doing well by the way um, two advertisements in particular um, scratch that particular itch one is for life insurance and the guy the pitchman says that uh, there are three key things to know about life insurance the three P's and the uh, lady in another shot at shot at another time says, what are the three P's? And he says, price, price, and price, a price you can afford a price that will never change and a price that fits your budget. And I'm going, wait a minute, hold on there, buddy, a price you can afford and a price you f- that fits your budget is the same thing. There are only two P's. Get another P and then talk to me and the same thing happens in a um, commercial for one of those things that's supposed to help your brain work better pitched up until very very recently by the uh, the lady who shares the hosting duties on jeopardy and she says this uh... this particular concoction is better than the others because it uh... improves More brain functions and uh, she has a list of six of them and three of them are focus memory and concentration and once again I'm saying hold on there to the TV focus and concentration unless I'm really really senile they're the same thing Go talk to the insurance guy, G- get another function, get back to me. Or not. Hello, welcome to the show. From Santa Monica, California, home of the homeless, I'm Harry Shearer. Welcome you to this edition of the show. And now, News of the Warm, right up here at the top. So I'm sure you will, won't you?
1: Soft, listen to the
2: warm. We can listen to the warm.
0: Usually at the height of summer, tourists flock to the Alps. It says in this story from Agence. Agence, Little snow cover and glaciers melting at an alarming rate amid Europe's sweltering heat waves have put some of the most classic alpine hiking routes off limits. Oh no! Usually at the height of summer, tourists would be there. Warmer temperatures. Speeding up melt and thawing permafrost, scientists say those are driven by climate change. Roots that are usually safe this time of year now face hazards like falling rocks released from the melting ice. Ow! Currently in the Alps, there are warnings for around a dozen peaks, including emblematic ones like the Matterhorn and Mont Blanc, says Pierre Maté, head of the Swiss Mountain Guide Association. It's happening far earlier in the season than normal. There's a normal time for rocks coming out of the ice and hitting you in the thing? Hmm. No wonder I don't. Usually we see such closures in August. But now they've started at the end of June and are continuing in July, he said last month. Well, it's only a week ago. Alpine guides who usually lead thousands of hikers up Europe's highest peak announced um, earlier this week. They would suspend ascents on the most classic routes up Mont Blanc, which straddles Italy, Switzerland, and France. The uh, Guide Alpine Italienne said on its Facebook page that the particularly delicate conditions, their words, caused by the temperature spike, makes it necessary to postpone the climbs mountain guides have also refrained for the first time in a century from offering tours up the classic route through the jungfrau peak in switzerland that'd be young woman wouldn't it jungfrau thank you and they've advised against tours along routes on both the italian and Swiss sides of the matterhorn peak so stay home watch tv won't you meanwhile google has revealed the root cause of the outage that disrupted services um, in its Europe West 2A zone, based in London, during a recent heatwave. This, according to the British Tech Journal, The Register, one of the data centers that hosts that that zone could not maintain a safe operating temperature due to a simultaneous failure of multiple redundant cooling systems combined with the extraordinarily high outside temperatures, says Google's Report on the incident. Why would the outside temperature have anything to do with what's inside? That's why you have an inside, isn't it? Sorry, I'm just out guessing Google here. The report doesn't explain why the cooling systems failed, but does say Google first became aware of an issue affecting two cooling systems in one of the data centers on uh, a Tuesday. It's the third Tuesday in July, the register has checked weather records for the day in question. The temperature was 102 degrees Fahrenheit in London. That, by the way, is uh, they're referring to it as a data center. It's a thing. We're supposed to call it the cloud. Yeah, uh, that level of heat is manageable in places where data, centers, data center designers know. That kind of temperature can be expected. But uh, that day was the hottest day on record in London. The UK capital is not such a place. Engineers worked on mitigations in the failing cooling systems. Their efforts failed as well. London temperatures remained above 95 degrees Fahrenheit deep into the evening around 6 p.m. London, time Google engineers powered down this part of the zone to prevent an even longer outage or damage to machines. God, no. In other words, they shut the cloud down to save it from a worse outage. But stuff went goofy anyway. Google made a mess of trying to provide redundancy. At the start of the incident, we inadvertently modified traffic routing for internet services, for internal services, to avoid all three zones in the region, rather than just the impacted zone." Quoting Google, so while only part of the zone was down, Google told itself to ignore parts of it that were actually working. Google and other cloud vendors <laughs> advise users to employ multiple zones to improve resilience. Google's error, therefore, went against its own advice. The cooling system came back online past uh, 10 p.m. in London where temperatures were still sizzling. Google engineers are actively conducting a detailed analysis of the cooling system failure that triggered this incident, the report states. Hey, lucky they don't run a nuclear plant there, hey? They've also pledged to investigate and develop more advanced methods to progressively decrease the thermal load within a single space. Examined procedures, tooling, and tooling, and automated recovery systems for gaps to substantially re- improve recovery times. And audit cooling system equipment and standards across the data centers that house Google Cloud globally. Yes, a data center houses a cloud. Confused yet? I sure am. Now, ladies and gentlemen... News of the Godly. Oh, I scared myself. This from the Associated Press. MJ was a tiny black-haired girl just five years old when her father admitted to his bishop that he was sexually abusing her. Father was a member, as was his bishop, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They don't call themselves the Mormons anymore. And he was an admitted pornography addict. He was counseling with his bishop when he revealed the abuse. The bishop, who was also a family physician, followed church policy and called what church officials call the helpline for guidance. Call offered little help for MJ, lawyers for the church, who staffed the helpline around the clock, told the bishop, John Herod. Not to call police or child welfare officials. He kept the abuse secret. The lawyer said quote, you absolutely can do nothing, unquote, Harrod, in a recorded interview with law enforcement. He continued to counsel MJ's father. Paul Douglas Adams for another year brought Adams' wife in, in hopes she would do something to protect the children, she didn't. Herod later told a second bishop who also kept the matter secret after consulting with church officials. They maintained the bishops were excused from reporting the, the abuse to police on this, under the state's so-called clergy penitent privilege. This is the state of Arizona. Looking so good right about now. Adams continued abusing MJ for seven more Years into her adolescence and also abused her infant sister born during that time. He frequently recorded the abuse on video and posted the video on the internet. It's just getting better and better, isn't it? He was finally arrested by Homeland Security agents five years ago with no help from the church. Law enforcement officials in New Zealand discovered one of the videos. Before he could stand trial, he died in custody by suicide. The AP has also obtained a bunch of pages of sealed records from an unrelated child sex abuse, and lo- uh, sex abuse lawsuit against the Latter-day Saint Church in West Virginia. The documents offer the more comprehensive and detailed look yet at the so-called helpline, which Harrod called. Families of survivors who filed the lawsuit say they show it's part of a system that can easily be misused by church leaders, to divert abuse accusations away from law enforcement and instead to church attorneys, attorneys, I say, who may bury the problem, leaving victims in harm's way. So far, so good, right? The uh, Utah-based faith has stuck by, not the faith, the church, has stuck by the system. Sorry, AP, I rewrote you. Despite the criticism and increasing scrutiny from attorneys and prosecutors, including those in the Adams case. Quote, I just think that the Mormon church really sucks, said MJ, who is now 16, during an interview with the AP. William Maladin, an Arizona attorney representing the bishops and the church, in a lawsuit filed by three of the Adams' six children, told the AP the bishops were not required to report the abuse. These bishops, I'm quoting now, did nothing wrong. They didn't violate the law, and therefore... They can't be held liable. He referred to the lawsuit as, quote, a money grab, unquote. He also insisted that Herod did not know, Herod the bishop, did not know that Adams was continuing to sexually assault his daughter after hearing of the abuse in a single counseling session, but in the recorded interview with the bishop obtained by the AP, he said he asked the wife, Mrs. Adams, in multiple sessions if the abuse was ongoing, and asked her, what are we going to do to stop it? At least for a period of time, says the bishop, I assumed they stopped things, but and then I never asked if they picked up again. Wow, he could be a, a private detective in his spare time, couldn't he? Oh, the uh, errant dad in the Adams family, not the Adams, you know what I'm saying. He worked for the U.S. Border Patrol, according to the AP. He spent much of his time online, looking at porn, often with his children watching, or wandering around the house naked, said a fellow Border Patrol agent. He had a terrible temper, horrible temper is his word. But, uh, says the AP, he was more relaxed while coaxing his older daughter to, to hold a smartphone camera and recording him abusing her. The bishop said he knew that the wife was unable or unlikely to stop her husband after he called her into the counseling session. The bishop, who was also her personal physician, said she seemed, quote, pretty emotionally dead. Unquote, when her husband recounted his abuse of their daughter. News of the Godly Ladies and Gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. <laughs> The National Women's Soccer League has told its players that they could be out money because cryptocurrency platform Voyager Digital, one of the league's biggest partners, has gone bankrupt. The league's Voyager partnership announced in December was notable both in its size and in its construction. About half of the value of the deal was set to be paid to the league in cash. What's that? While well, the other half was earmarked for individual athletes to invest in cryptocurrencies via the Voyager platform. These accounts were never funded, according to mul- mul- multiple people familiar with the partnership. And now that Voyager is entering Chapter 11. Good evening. Welcome to Chapter 11. you have to take a seat and a number. It's unclear how much, if any, the players will actually see in a letter distributed this week to its athletes the nwsl said there were quote no definite answers at this time on if or when the player accounts will be funded unquote letter also says that if the accounts are not funded the league intends to work with the players association to share some of the cash it did receive from voyager The uh, player fund was always intended to be distributed into accounts at Voyager in cryptocurrency with the goal of educating players regarding investment in the crypto space, the letter said. They're getting an education. Quote, as such, there was always risk regarding the volatility of the cryptocurrency market, unquote. Representative for the league declined to comment representatives from the Players Union and Voyager didn't comment. Nobody's, I shouldn't be commenting. I feel out of place. The deal will attract attention across the sports world where crypto companies have spent heavily in pursuit of new customers and market share over most of last year. Currencies like Bitcoin and Ether rapidly rose in value. Crypto trading platforms and leaders ran pricey Super Bowl commercials, nabbed arena naming rights like the Crypto.com Center, downtown Los Angeles, secured Jersey ads and rushed to sign team and league-wide deals. As you probably know, in the last few months, much of the market has collapsed, resulting in massive losses for investors and larger problems for some of the industry's biggest companies. They're getting educated, too. Meanwhile, SpaceX... Has big claims, according to the Register, that its second-generation Starlink broadband internet satellites. Do you know about those? Elon Musk's company has been scattering satellites through the um, lower orbital scene to uh, provide internet service for people in places where the wires don't reach. Anyway, the new gener, second generation will slash light pollution on Earth. There's been a lot of complaining from the astronomy world that uh, sunlight is glinting off all of these apparently metallic, they don't build them with wood, uh, satellites. But apparently, there's a big catch, they're too heavy to launch. I know. Sounds like one of Elon's gags. A brightness mitigation report published by SpaceX last week states the uh, rocket business developed a couple of light dimming concepts for the first generation, including sun visors and uh, our radio frequency transparent mirror films. The visors failed. The uh, mirror films are being improved. But the upgraded satellites are equipped with three bits of technology the company said will improve their brightness mitigation, dielectric mirror film, solar array mitigations, and black paint. Again, one of Elon's gags. No! The film will cut the observed brightness by 10 times, according to SpaceX, and will cover the bottom of the satellites. Ooh! In addition, it will offer the film as a product to other satellite operators at cost, says SpaceX. To mitigate the light bouncing off the satellite's solar panels, SpaceX has made them more absorbent by adding a dark red intercell backing material. This reduces efficiency, however, and increases current operating temperatures. Ouch! It does cut back on the Earth-side glare. And uh, they now have this low-reflectivity black paint, which they'll put on more components. Quote, SpaceX's goal is to make its second-generation satellites invisible to the naked eye when they are on station-serving users, said the company. But getting them into station, as I mentioned, is currently impossible. The second-generation satellites are too large and too heavy for anything but the new SpaceX Starship to get them into orbit, and Starship has yet to launch. We need Starship to get to orbit because it's the only thing that can carry the Starlink 2 satellites, Musk said in a YouTube interview. The new satellites are massive, one and a quarter tons, and seven meters long, according to Musk, who speaks in metric, apparently. He said SpaceX's Falcon rocket has neither the mass nor the volume to get into orbit with a bunch of the Starlink-2 satellites to deploy Starship itself has yet to make an orbital flight accidents and 75 operational shortcomings identified by the FAA in June make it unlikely it will take to orbit anytime soon maybe by the time the Musk and Twitter lawsuit is settled perhaps It's a smart, 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 smart world.
3: There was a solitary boy Who kept a book of photographs He liked to travel back in time He liked to waddle in the past He had a room in Camden Town Bird Cafe. From his window looking down, he'd watch the people of the town as they'd hurry on their way. And oh, it's just a sentimental tale. And oh, another sad and lonely song that you can sing along to. A solitary girl She lived down by the old canal She had a cat called Mr. Jones He was her one and only pal She'd been a waitress for a while In the Hummingbird Cafe She'd serve the people with a smile with their tea of chamomile before they'd hurry on their way and oh, it's just a sentimental tale And oh, another sad and lonely song That you can sing along to One Saturday into the cafe Without any plan Step the solitary boy Ordered an omelet, tomato and ham. A few minutes later, the solitary girl picked up his order, picked up his order brought, it to his table, brought it to
2: his table,
3: and that's when their eyes met over an omelet. Picked her up at the midnight hour Outside the Hummingbird Cafe You said, please, can I walk you home? She simply smiled and said, okay They walked together hand in
2: hand
3: Along of the old canal You said, why don't we stop a while I'd like a picture of you standing You're underneath the cherry bone As it sparkles in your eyes That was the time they fell in
2: love
3: Right there beneath the cherry skies And oh, it's just a sentimental tale sad and lonely song that you can sing along to They were married on a Saturday He became a teacher, he became a painter Their lives drifted by The couple grew apart No ever after, after all Just the mystery of the heart
0: Santa Monica this is the show I mentioned Alex Jones earlier in this uh, hour you probably know by now um, the uh, ultra right-wing internet broadcaster was assessed a 45 million dollar punitive fine along with a uh, four million dollar compensatory fine Two different fines uh, in a civil trial in Texas for his continued assertions on his broadcasts over the last few years that a uh, notorious school mass shooting incident in fact had never occurred the kids never existed it was all actors and fake and that was not true and there uh, came a dramatic moment during the almost at the end of the trial when the attorney for the two parents that were suing him for intentional infliction of uh, emotional damage revealed that the lawyer for Alex Jones, who had testified that he had no text messages for a two-year period in question during the time he was saying that stuff, his lawyer unintentionally turned over a copy of his cell phone, Alex Jones's cell phone, with two years' worth of messages. Among them were messages between Alex Jones and a Trump ally, and longtime mis- political mischief maker, to put it mildly, Roger Stone, who then said publicly, "Yeah, yeah, we we traded messages."
3: Uh, And they said that those text messages included intimate communications between Jones and I. And they're absolutely right. We prayed together. We prayed for our nation together. Alex prayed for my wife when she had cancer. Alex lifted me up when I was staring into the abyss and looking at a death sentence at the hands of a federal judge.
0: Judge, I think he completed the sentence that way prayed together, text messages. That's got to be fun. Also in uh, that world, you probably know by now, Donald Trump's, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say the words, um, Donald Trump's first wife, Ivana, who had died recently, was buried even more recently at the New Jersey golf course owned by the president just by the first hole apparently according to reporting the Trump organization claimed and got a tax deduction on the taxes for the Bedminster golf course because it was now at least partly not just a golf course But a boneyard.
1: We were a power couple in New York's glamorous 80s. 80s. She bore me three kids, remained one of the glittering ladies. She finally died a spinster Naturally, we buried her in Bedminster Bedminster It's the most beautiful golf course in central Jersey. Jersey perfectly manicured totally over-insured. overinsured attendees were a who's not who not quite a big production such times it's the great things that count like the giant deduction when you could say golf makes way for a sudden cemetery a very special honor roll who and where if I First oh
0: And now the apologies of the week We're so sorry Democratic Representative Carolyn Mahoney of New York publicly apologized to President Biden while standing by her comments earlier in the week that she didn't believe he would run for re-election in 2024. Quote, Mr. President, I apologize. I want you to run. I happen to think you won't be running, but when you run or if you run, I will be there 100%, she said on CNN. She's running for re-election herself, although I don't think she's gonna. Oh yeah, she is. She had said, I don't believe Biden is running during a Tuesday night primary debate. Comments from Mahoney drew attention as she's the latest high-profile Democrat to publicly cast doubt on a second Biden term. Mahoney said it was just my own personal belief that he's not going to run. We're all entitled to have our own information and our own beliefs, she said. It's totally his decision. That settles that. For a North Carolina family, the long, bitter history of the MOVE bombing in Philadelphia ended this week. Remains of two girls were handed over. MOVE members, led by founder John Africa, practiced a lifestyle that shunned modern conveniences, preached equal rights for animals, and rejected government authority. The group clashed with police and neighbors in their Philadelphia neighborhood, and when police sought to oust members, they used a helicopter to drop a bomb on the MOVE house in May of 1985, killing five children and six adults. And the resulting fire destroyed more than 60 row houses. 12-year-old Zanetta Dotson and her 14-year-old sister, Patricia were living in the compound. The girls were among the five children and six adults who perished. Last year, it was revealed the University of Pennsylvania and the city had kept the remains for years. Philadelphia Health Commissioner Thomas Farley resigned last May after officials said partial remains from the bombing had been cremated. Five years ago, the city later said the remains had not been destroyed and had been found in the medical examiner's office. What is it, a souvenir? The girl's brother walked into the Philadelphia medical examiner's office this week where he said he received an apology. She came out on her own on her own record and said I'm sorry for your loss and gave a heartfelt apology. I appreciate it and I accept it. Dotson said. An individual who calls himself slow tie is apologizing after facing backlash for wearing a shirt with a swastika on it during a recent festival performance. Apparently he's a performer. Real name, Tyron Frampton. On Monday of this week, Slow Ty got on Twitter to share a message in response to resentment he received for wearing a shirt donning the infamous swastika at the Oceaga Festival in Montreal. He's a UK rapper. and He says the shirt does not promote neo-Nazi or fascist ideologies. I'm sorry to anyone who was offended by me wearing an anti-fascist, anti-regime t-shirt and the use of the symbol it represents. He wrote, I want you to know I stand firmly against anti-Semitism and racism of any kind. Something the t-shirt was meant to illustrate with the word destroy above the symbol. The festival backed his stance. They released their own apology in response to the outcry. The Washington Post reports this story. An Airbnb listing in Mississippi seemingly had everything a traveler could ask for in a bed and breakfast. Accommodation, a suite with exquisite antique furnishings, soft linens, a brand-new bathroom, and access to Netflix on the smart TV. There was something else about the Panther Burn Cottage that the listing proudly advertised. Quote, the property was an 1830s slave cabin that housed enslaved people at a plantation in Greenville, Mississippi. Airbnb has faced backlash since a TikTok video about the listing from Winton Yates, an entertainment and civil rights attorney in New Orleans, went viral. Yates said in the video, it's being The history of slavery is being mocked by being turned into a luxurious vacation spot. This is not lo- okay in the least bit, said Yates, who is black. Now Airbnb, Airbnb has apologized and noted that it is removing listings that are known to include former slave quarters in the United States. They have no place on Airbnb. We apologized for any trauma or grief created by the presence of this listing and other, l- others like it and that we did not act sooner to address this issue. Now, if they only apologized for wrecking neighborhoods, everything would be fine. Yates, the uh, gentleman who complained, said, quote, to see weddings on plantations and events on plantations and suburbs and subdivisions named after plantations and plantation owners is something I've been grossed out by every day of my life. But this was a new level of disrespect for what slavery was. To see the space where enslaved peoples live being renovated into a lux- luxurious space and rented out just took my breath away. Unquote. All right, then. The federal government of Canada has apologized to a tribe in the Cree Nation, the Pipikisis tribe, for an assimilative colony scheme that breached treaty and other agreements starting in the 19th century. Federal government has made a national apology to that First Nation community for creating a farm colony that took over the nation's land and contributed to the assimilation of indigenous people. Hey, this is all the rage. These, these uh, apologies. The uh, indigenous relations minister delivered the apology on behalf of the federal government of Canada to members of the pee pee yes Cree Nation on the reservation just north of a town in Saskatchewan quote, on behalf of Canada I apologize for these actions they cause great harm to your community your language and your culture and for this we're deeply sorry he said many Canadians don't know the history Of the colony and quote we must acknowledge that the chief the tribe says he welcomes the apology from the government today he says is one step of many towards reconciliation truth comes before reconciliation I guess guy Reffitt of Wiley Texas case this this is a uh, trivia question you want to know the answer to in, in forthcoming years who received the most severe sentence among the January 6, 2021 rioters at our nation's capital. His name is Guy Reffitt of Wiley, Texas, got a 7.25-year sentence behind bars among the charges he was convicted of, threatening his children if they reported him to law enforcement. After the attack, both of his children said their father's mental health needed to be considered before sentencing. At that time, Prior to sentencing, he apologized for his actions and said, I do deeply regret everything. He was uh, convicted of entering the Capitol while carrying a holstered handgun and wearing a helmet, body armor, and zip tie handcuffs. He was convicted of storming the Capitol, obstructing Congress's joint session to certify the Electoral College vote interfering with police officers who were guarding the Capitol and of threatening his two teenage children if they reported him. He also got three years probation and ordered to pay $2,000 in restitution. He's also required to undergo mandatory mental health treatment. Prosecutors were hoping for at least twice the uh, jail time yet in relation to the riot. He uh, said the idea of speaking, his anxiety over the idea of speaking to the court was crushing him, but he did want to take responsibility because he hated what he did. Quote, I don't want anything to do with any groups or militias or any stupid stuff like that. He said, I do deeply regret everything. The judge, who seemed skeptical, questioned him as to whether he was just apologizing to get a lesser sentence or if he really felt remorse. He said... I clearly effed up. Things he'd written in jail where he took pride in his role in the riot or where he'd expressed ongoing anti-government sentiment, he said were part of an effort to raise money for his family. They'd be in the street if he hadn't said something to fundraise. According to the criminal complaint, Gary Ruffett was member of a uh, group called the Texas Three Percenters, a militia group, and he told his family he went to the Capitol to, quote, protect the country. He planned to drag House Speaker Nancy Pelosi out of the Capitol building by her ankles, quote, with her head hitting every step on the way down, according to a filing from the prosecutors. The Alabama Department of Corrections, in the wake of an execution um, they killed a man named uh, Joe Nathan James Jr., spent Friday afternoon this week following up with press releases in response to growing national outrage, which I hadn't even heard of before I read this story, over the way the Department of Corrections treated two female reporters covering the execution and its decision not to disclose the reason behind a lengthy delay in the execution. One female reporter, Ivana Herkiv, was told by an official of the Department of Corrections that her skirt was too short and the open-toed shoes she was wearing Weren't allowed, and if she didn't change her clothing, she wouldn't get to see the execution. So, TV cameramen loaned her a pair of fishing waiters, and she was able to find a pair of tennis shoes in her car. Big fishing waiters held up by suspenders and tennis shoes, that outfit was deemed appropriate by the Department of Corrections. She says she had worn the skirt in question to previous executions and numerous other work events. Another reporter from the AP, Kim Chandler, said she was subjected to similar treatment from the Department of Corrections prior to the execution. The ADOC official made both reporters stand and then essentially measured the length of their skirts. The official said, when asked why, the warden was enforcing a dress code. Department of Corrections, responding to uh, a lot of internet outrage that phrase sounds a bit redundant doesn't it anyway the uh, department of corrections said in a statement each warden determines enforcement of dress codes but the code will be included in future advisories to the media quote we apologize for any confusion or inconvenience this regulation may have caused we hope for by including it in the future media advisories that is the dress code We can avoid this kind of situation, unquote. The uh, length of the skirt of the author of the press release is not known at this time. And finally, Beyoncé, you've heard of her, uh, used a word that starts with an S and ends with a Z, that is uh, objectionable to the disabled community. She apologized this week and said she will replace the word. Don't know how she's going to get the replaced version to everybody, but she's Beyoncé all that. The apologies of the week, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. Finally, from uh, our friend, the atom, the UN nuclear chief warned that Europe's largest nuclear plant in Ukraine, quote, is completely out of control. The UN official issued an urgent plea to Russia and Ukraine to quickly allow experts to visit the sprawling complex to stabilize the situation and avoid a nuclear accident. Rafael Grossi, director general of the International Atomic Agency, Energy Agency, said in an interview with the AP, the situation is getting more perilous every day at Zaporizhia, Zaporizhia a plant in the southeastern city of Enerhodar in Ukraine. Russian troops seized the plant in early March, soon after their invasion began quote every principle of nuclear safety has been violated at the plant he said what is at stake is extremely serious and extremely grave and dangerous unquote he cited many violations of the plant's safety adding that it is in a place where active war is ongoing in near russian controlled territory the physical integrity of the plant hasn't been Respected, he said, citing shelling at the beginning of the war when it was taken over and continuing information from Ukraine and Russia, accusing each other of attacks at the plant. He says there's a paradoxical situation in which the plant is controlled by Russia, but its Ukrainian staff continues to run the operations, leading to inevitable moments of friction and alleged violence. While the IAEA has some contacts with staff, they are, he said, faulty. And Patchy. Oh, I know those guys. News of our friend the Atom. gentlemen we've come to the end of another edition not another this one this edition of the show this is the one that's ending now can't can't even be thinking about other ones right at the moment but this program will return next week have to be thinking about it then same time same station on these radio stations on your audio device of choice whenever you want it and it will be just like praying with Roger Stone and Alex Jones, if you'd agreed with join with me then. Would you already? Thank you very much, uh-huh. A tip of the, the show, Chapeau, to the San Diego desk. Pam Halstead and Garrett Pittman at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's program. The email address for this show, your fleetingly last chances to get Cars I Talk t-shirts, and the playlist of the music heard here, all on harryshearer.com. And even though I'm not lost, you can find me on Twitter at the Harry Shearer. The show comes to you from Century Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWANL New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from the home of the homeless.